Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Hello Storyteller podcast. I am Melissa and Meg is here. Hi, Meg. Hello. It is literally disgustingly hot outside here. Hotter than hot? balls. That's the oh. only thing. That's the only term that will describe. It's just hot. It's like, it's oppressive and it's funny yeah. so it's like we're here on the east coast but my husband currently is in minnesota and you're on the west coast so it's like literally across the country right now it is just so disgusting outside and i feel bad because my kids are at camp this week and they're like outside all day i was outside for approximately seven minutes and thought i was going to melt into a puddle yeah it's I mean, the worst yeah. You guys and have we, bad humidity in Massachusetts, but we don't typically have humidity here in California. <laughs> and it is humid. It's gross. I don't even I don't know like that it. it's I don't even know that it's like humid here. It's just so hot. And the funny thing is, is that I was literally up till last week. I'm like, wow, the summer has been like it truly has been like 75, no humidity, <sighs> like beautiful, beautiful through two days ago and then now it's like haha sucker summer's here <laughs> i know and i, I myself yesterday i'm like this has been the hottest summer here in a while like it gets hot where i live during summertime yes. but it hasn't been like crazy hot probably since i was in college maybe a few years after like the early 2000s right but like i'd say the last like five to seven years it, it's been Fine, bearable. But let me just run down the forecast for you, friends. It's 104 today. We've got 103 tomorrow, 103 on Saturday, 103 on Sunday, 103 on Monday, 102 on Tuesday, and so on. So it's a nice yeah. 100 degrees plus. Yeah, and we're in like the I don't like upper 80s and 90s, and I have a wedding. Wait, you're complaining about upper 80s and 90s? Really? Okay, I don't live in California where it's <laughs> oh hot all the God. time. I live in Massachusetts where we get 17 feet of snow, so this is hot for us. Fine, fine. I know. I know our friends are tired of our weather debacles here. I know. <laughs> well, I have a wedding. I have a wedding on the Cape tomorrow, and it, the Ooh. fork, I was like, I'm like, all week I was crossing my fingers, like, please let it be cloudy. Please let it be cloudy. Please let it be cloudy. And nope, it is like <laughs> the big bright sun, not a cloud in the forecast. I'm like, we are all going to just be like, Olaf I'm in the melting. summertime. Melting. Okay. Enough about the weather chit chat though. So <laughs> when we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do for this week's podcast, we thought to ourselves, you know what? Let's go back to our Hello Storyteller Facebook community because every Tuesday. So again, if you're not in the Hello Storyteller Facebook community, I don't know what you're waiting for. Yes, we should will be. link it in the show notes. You need to come over. But every Tuesday, we do this Pro Talk Tuesday. And so there's like a space on the wall for people to ask questions and the people that are in the group that are professional photographers can answer. And there's a lot of discussion that happens there. And so what we thought we would do is we would pull some of the questions that have been asked in that group in those posts over the last couple of weeks and months to to talk about them here because i think they're very timely and appropriate questions i think these are questions that a lot of photographers have and so we are that's what we're going to do today so we're going to jump right in so and i'm not going to some of these i'll probably read word for word some i'll summarize i'm going to summarize this one so this one is asking about how to put into practice what you've learned sort of like that like you feel like you freeze up when you go out into <laughs> to shoot outside of your home. Um, 
so she says, when I go out with friends and their children or at home and I shoot, all logical thought goes out the window, just clicking away regardless. <laughs> How are you able to engage the theory or does this just come with a ton of practice? And so I think that's a really important question because I know myself, like all, all I can hear in my brain right now is that real, that real noise. It's like, come on, drink, think of things, come on, drink, think of things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I will say yeah. that, like, I feel like this is something that happens across the board, regardless yeah. of your level of expertise, regardless of how many years you've been a photographer. Like, this is something that happens across the board to everybody. I have, and I know I'm going to talk about too, I know... I get like super inspired. Like before I go out to a session, I'm scrolling Instagram. I'm getting oh, yeah. inspired. I have all these ideas for all these new different poses <laughs> I'm going to do and different ways I'm going to pose my couples and like all the, and then I get there and it's like, gone. It's <laughs> just Where did it like, go? you've been inspired for hours. What happened? <laughs> days, inspiration for days. And then I get there That's and I'm the like, worst. I laugh because I could just so relate to this question. Like mm -hmm. I've just, been there I feel like I'm finally now maybe like the last year or two that I'm finally feeling comfortable and confident in my techniques that I can just now think about them as I'm going through my sessions and everything but before no it again just like Mel I would be scrolling through Pinterest and Instagram and being inspired and all the things and I get to a session or I go out somewhere and I'm like, ah, crap. What did I just look at again? I forget. <laughs> Where <laughs> is it? What the heck? Well, but yeah, so some things that have helped me, especially uh, when I wanted to really think about these things, is that I would pick one technique to focus mm -hmm. on maybe that week and just keep doing that technique until it becomes more comfortable and you can do it without honestly thinking about it. Like, mm -hmm. uh uh, layering. Layering is one that I really, really worked on last year because I just felt like, yeah, I had a fun image, but it was missing something. It was missing that depth, that that wow factor, that uniqueness. And so I really, really uh, tried to put layering in the forefront. And I know uh, Holly Awad can attest to this because I'm always messaging her. Okay, but okay, today I'm working on bird's eye view and tomorrow I'm working on layering and the third day I'm working on framing or, you know, something to that extent where it's just like, if I'm thinking about it beforehand, I'll be thinking about that one thing during. If we try to think yeah. about all the things at once, we're juggling way too many balls and then we're like, ah, we dropped them all because now we can't pick just one thing to think about. So my suggestion is pick at least just one thing to really focus on per week. Uh, that's where a P52 project really, really, really comes in handy. If you haven't checked out, check out Chandra's P52 course. It's amazing. Also, make a list, a short list, not a long list. Don't try to hit all the things, but a shorter list, maybe like three to five things that you would like to act to absolutely make sure that you get. And then my last suggestion is, is to pick maybe three different points of view, specifically points of view. So say you're getting like scale and then you're getting a detail shot and then you're getting like a from above shot. So pick those three points of view and cycle through them and see what you get and see how when you're just thinking about those three points of view, 
how much you can actually get from that. You're not limited. There's so much you can do and so much story you can tell with that. So if you start smaller, instead of trying to, to overcome the big thing, it will work that much easier and you'll be able to think about it and not forget about it because you're not putting too many balls in the air and trying to juggle them all. So that is my suggestion for that one. I think for me, it's yes to all of those things. I know where I struggle is that I have like a, like a process that I go through when I'm shooting client work. And so I have like a set of prompts that I use all the time and I sort of have a flow of how I move through my sessions. So for me, sometimes it's hard because I know which photos I want to get and I want to make sure I get those. And I sometimes have a hard time of like, building in time to try something new or try something different. And a lot of it also depends on like the energy and the like comfortability of my clients as well. Like sometimes like I had uh, one that comes to mind for me is I had an engagement session, an engagement session last fall and the couple was just like super fun down for anything. And I was feeling like particularly inspired, I think because last year was very, very busy. And so a lot of it for me just sort of like felt the same day in and day out. And so I was like, okay, I want to try these different perspectives. And I've been like really inspired um, by one particular photographer's work. And I wanted to just sort of like let go of some of the constraints that I was, I felt like I was sort of boxing myself in by. And so I just said to the couple, I'm like, are you guys willing to just flow with whatever we're doing? They're like, absolutely. And it was like one of the most fun sessions that I did. I think also it's important, I think for people that, that do client work is to build in times that you get to do just creative sessions. And I posted just recently uh, an anniversary session that I did for East Coast Meg actually, and her husband. And that was sort of a collaborative group. So the five of us that went out to California all shot Meg and her husband for this anniversary shoot with like the, the black car and like they were all dolled up <gasps> and whatnot. That's what that was. That's what that was. So it was, it is actually their anniversary <gasps> and she actually wanted oh to do gosh. the session. And, but she was like, you know, whoever's available to come, like, feel free, please come. And so, oh my goodness, those so kinds of things I think are really, really helpful, especially for people that have clients or take on client work. Not that they're not otherwise, but I think when you are working with clients day in and day out, sometimes like you're like shooting for yourself. I know for myself falls to the back burner a lot. And so those types of sessions are like the trip to California last year. Like we're planning a trip for next year, like are so, so important because I don't feel the pressure there and I can just, I can try different things. I can experiment. Like I edited those differently than I normally edit like my regular photos. That was super fun. And so it sort of like gives you a license to just like try different things. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And there's no, there's no like, like Meg will be happy with whatever she gets. So like, <laughs> there's no like client quote unquote, that you have to like, make sure that you're, you know, that you're providing final images to. And so, and like that whole California trip that we did last year was all of that. You know, we got yeah. to try all these different things and you get inspired by the people near you too. Right. Cause like how my other friends shoot and what they take and what they look at is different than what I do. And so I'm like, Ooh, I like that angle that they're getting or like, and it just like, lights these little things on fire in my brain. And so I think putting aside time to creatively challenge yourself and creatively inspire yourself is important. And I think what Meg said makes a lot of sense, like figuring out 
how to, and for me, it's like, how do I fit this new idea, this new concept, uh, whether it's a technical piece, like I just shot a wedding like two weeks ago where they wanted to get photos on a carousel. And so I was like, yeah, let's do all of it. And so in my mind, initially, as soon as they told me that, I was like, I need to do a slow shutter photo of them in front of the carousel because like, I just have to do it. And now thankfully that's something I'm super comfortable in doing. And so I was able to adjust my settings really quick and do that shot, you know, in like 30 seconds and get what I needed. But if that's not something that you're comfortable in doing, if that's not something that you're used to doing, like adjusting your settings so dramatically in that capacity, then that's something you have to sort of like work up to. But I'm always like, how can I, you know, how can I incorporate more movement? How can I show more movement? How can I like adjust my shutter speed? Like, how can I play with light? And so like just giving yourself permission, even if you just take two minutes during a session to try something totally wacky and let, let your clients know, like, we're going to try this. I don't know if it's going to work. We're like, we're going to give it a whirl and see what happens. I think just like, being communicative and allowing yourself even that little constrained time of creative freedom when you're working with clients is really important to like just keep things moving along and and again it comes down to practice right when you talk about like technical aspects you need to be picking up your camera every single day we've talked about this many times in the podcast that like learning how to become comfortable in shooting and then making adjustments in your settings is you have to pick up your camera every day. It'd be no different than trying to learn an instrument or like going to play a sport. Like you have to practice every single day. So the more you practice, the more comfortable you will get, the easier it will be to implement new techniques into your shooting because the stress is attached to like trying to figure it out won't be there as much. So that's my take on it. <laughs> All right. I agree. Okay, so let's jump to the next question. This one will be a little bit briefer in terms of answer. Yeah. And this again is like, I'm gonna share my, like what I do, but there's a lot of different ways to handle this. So the question is, how do you handle family and friend photo shoots? Family you don't see or talk to, except family gatherings and old friends that used to be close but don't really talk to anymore. So I think there's two different layers to this question. And I do see this get asked a lot, like, do you charge family and friends? Like, how do you work with family and friends? And the first thing I will say in response to this particular question is if you don't see family, these, these people that are asking you for sessions, except for like at like extended family reunions, yes, you might be related to them by blood, but like, I don't, I personally I don't feel a sense of obligation there, but I will say this. I charge the exception of my like my siblings and my parents any other family that reaches out to me unless i make the decision on my own personally to give them a discount i charge them my full price and here is the reason why i do that <laughs> i am running a business and it is important to me that the people that come to me are willing to invest and what I will say is that in my experience, in the times that I have worked with family or friends and maybe they asked for a discount and I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Those types of situations result in, in one of two things from my experience and my perspective. Either I end up feeling frustrated because I don't feel valued and I wish that I hadn't, you know, given them a discount or whatever. Or they're like really difficult clients to work with. 
<laughs> in fact, I almost prefer not working with family. <laughs> if I'm being totally yeah. honest. Here's the thing. And I think part of this too is like growing up, but my dad owns his own business. Like my dad is an entrepreneur. Like that's, he's a small business owner. He has been for 40 years. I still pay my dad. I always have to work on his car. Now I pay a slightly lower rate, but what I don't, what I don't pay in money, I paid for it in my time. So like, it was very clear when we were teenagers and we had new cars, like you had to pay for the parts. I'm not going to charge you for labor, but you will be there with me while I'm fixing the car because I'm not going to spend my time fixing your car while you're off at the mall. Like you need to come or pay me for labor. Like those are your two choices. So, and I think that's an important piece. Like why just because we're friends and you, I, I guess for me, this is always a question. It's like, okay, if I know that my friend or family is a small business owner, why do I feel entitled to ask them for a discount on the business that they're trying to build and grow to support their family? And I think when you think of it that way, it's kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i mean it's like okay here you are you're building your own business you're a small business owner like i know you're using this business to support your family but like bro we're like third cousins twice your move can't you throw me a free session no sir i cannot <laughs> like i just i don't i don't understand that now out of out of my own there have been times that like i've been like no no don't worry about it like i'll give you a perfect example my stepbrother and his wife just had their second baby and I did newborn photos for them. We had talked about it and they were like, well, how much do we owe you? And I'm like, you don't, you don't owe me anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I just get to snuggle my nephew for, for three hours. Like, and they were like insistent, let us pay you, let us pay. You. And I'm like, no, 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 please, like, please no. So like, but that's my choice, right? I have made that decision. So from my perspective, to summarize, and Meg, I'd love, I'd love to hear your perspective on this too. I do not give discounts to family and friends unless I decide to do that on my own. However, what I do is I will include more in what I give them. So like maybe I take them to like one of my super secret spots. Maybe I give them more images than I would normally give somebody. Maybe it's a longer session. So I add value in for my family and friends that I don't necessarily do for other clients, but I don't give a discount. And honestly, if they ask me for one, I'm more inclined to just be like, oh, my calendar is booked up. Let me refer you out to some friends of mine. Um, <laughs> because if they come to me asking for a discount, I already know that I'm going to feel how I'm going to feel about it. And I don't want to work in that capacity. So, and if they don't value what I'm doing enough to feel like they should have to pay full price for it, or at least offer to pay full price for it, then I'm, I'm probably not the best photographer for them anyway. So that's my take right. on it. But Meg, what's your, what's your two yeah. cents on it? I mean, one, people shouldn't be asking for discounts. That's just grody. Like, don't do that, please. I know. <laughs> if I offer you a discount, like, hey, you know, no sweat, it's X amount. Like, you know, people don't, know how much I charge and sometimes it changes. So uh, depending on if it's an event or whatever. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I hate talking money, honestly. And I know you do. <laughs> for me, <laughs> if I'm asking someone to, if, to take photos of them, I'm not going to charge them because obviously I'm using them for other purposes. Oh, yeah. um, like I, I recently did a maternity session 
for one of my girlfriends who was pregnant. And she's like, oh, what do I owe you? I was like, nothing. I asked you to come here. Like, thank you for giving me your belly and your cute little kid and your beautifulness. You know, (laughs) like you owe me nothing. (laughs) For immediate family, I gift them. I mean, I typically, I'm the family historian. They all know that. They don't expect it. But like my sister-in-law recently had a baby and she had a baby shower in town because they don't live in town. And I, I, um... I shot the whole baby shower and gave them to her. And I was just like, here you go. You know, um, I, I'm not going to charge them for that. And like I no. shot video of my brother and sister-in-law's wedding or brother-in-law and sister-in-law's wedding 2018 asked me if I've put that together yet. So again, with family, <laughs> it's on my terms when I have time to yes. do it. You yeah, know, that's the I'm other not, piece too. I'm not dropping everything to edit a free session. I am not dropping no. everything to edit a free session exclamation point so and that's the other thing too and it goes back to like that's very like my family's very clear like if if we're doing a session together you dropped the bottom of my editing queue Mm -hmm. and that's the same and i'll say that's the same thing my dad did too like if i needed to get worked on in my car it's okay come on down and you'll sit here and wait and when i have time i'll i'll fit you in because i'm not gonna like why would i expect him to not take a full paying job to fit my car in where he's not making as much money. Like that doesn't make any sense. And so in the past, and this was like years, 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 years ago, you know, I had grudgingly been like, okay, fine. I'll give you a discount. And then I was being hounded for the photos Mm -hmm. and it's like, you (laughs) know, And so now I'm just very, like, I just have a very clear boundary with family. And so if someone inquires, family or friends, I send them over my pricing. And if they balk or push back, then I refer them out. And I think you have to do what's best for your business practice and for your own mental sanity and for the relationship. And it's not to, it's not to be mean or, or, you know, bitchy. No, it's but just people like, have to realize this is our profession. This is what we have taken years and years and years of training to do. So to ex- it's like us coming to their job, like, hey, give me your stuff for free, please. Because yeah, it's like, it's like going to your doctor's office and being <laughs> like, hey, can you just like overlook this, you know, this outpatient procedure? Like, that's cool, right? And, yeah. and I think too, you know, I think across the board, and I'm sure we've talked about this in other podcasts, and it's a, po- and it's a topic that's discussed a lot. You know, when it specifically comes to makers and creatives, there is this... I feel creative like process. Well, yes, but I think I feel like from the consumer from the consumer perspective, mm-hmm. people don't understand. They just don't understand the amount of time and energy that goes into creating the final product. And so it's like, well, it's just a couple of pictures. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, sure, maybe it is just a couple of pictures. But I have to drive to meet you, and I have to put that time aside. And if I'm shooting you, I can't take another client. And then like, then there's editing time, like there's, and that goes, that's across the board, not just for photographers, but for, you know, for bakers, for, you know, jewelers, for florists, for, you know, for anyone that's in the creative industry, that there is this, there's this concept of like, almost I'm doing you a favor. So you should be willing to work for free. <laughs> like, let me ask yeah. you how you would feel if the next, like, you know, you have a, you know, your boss says you like, Hey, come on in, do your normal job, but we're just, you know, like, I don't, I mean, you've done this enough, right? You know what you're doing. So I'm just not going to pay you. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that is what you're being asked to do. So like before I'm going to give you a little exercise before you ask 
a creative or small business owner for a discount or to give you product for free, I want you to think about how it would feel if your boss said to you, hey, you're really good at what you do and I like what your final product is. And so because you're so good at it, I'm just not gonna pay you for it anymore. Like like one day a week, you'll work for free. That's not a problem for you, right? If <laughs> that would make your blood boil, don't mm -hmm. do it to somebody else. Right? There's okay, your exercise I for today. Here's your second exercise. This is the biggest pet peeve of mine. Do not ask your photographer for raw images. Do Don't not. Do that. Don't do it. Do not do it because Don't. it will press a button in me that's like first of all you don't know what you're you asking ask. for yeah you don't know what you're people are like oh it's just easier just give me just give me what you shot i'm like no 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 that's not pretty like that is Would you... not my work that is just my shooting composition that is it well like this is so this is the analogy that i will give you because people are like oh just give me the raw images first of all Unless you have, unless you have editing software, you can't do a blessed thing with a raw image. No, you can't you even can't open it. You can't post it. You can't <laughs> open it. You literally cannot use it. That's number one. Number two, would you, let me give you these analogies, okay? Would you go to an author and say to them, hey, just give me like the rough draft of that book. Yeah. Right, like your before, go, give me your before, outline. <laughs> give me your give me your outline. Give me your rough draft. I'm sure that'll be good enough. I can totally use that. That won't be, and, and then I'll share it and tag you in it because yeah. that's not a problem for you, right? Or nope. like, let's go to to a seamstress and say like, hey, I know you haven't finished sewing all of that yet, but like I'm gonna <laughs> take it and I'm gonna wear it and I'm gonna like tell everyone that I got it from you and like, but that'll be fine. Right, like that so would be an issue words, for you. <laughs> raw images are an unfinished product. Unfinished. Yes. Do not ask. It yes. is not complete. It's not done. Not now, available, there's a not difference option, between. No. Now, here's the thing. There's a difference between a raw image and an unedited JPEG. Like those are two different things. A raw image, the general, your general public, literally, you can't do anything with it. You can't do a blessed thing with it. However, asking a photographer to give you unedited images. It's like punching us in the face, kind of. Well, it's that, but it's also like, <laughs> why did you hire them? Yeah. <laughs> like you hired you them because just... you like the way their photos look. And the, way, the reason you like the way their photos look is because of how they composed it, how they shot it and how they edited it. There's only a very few instances where I give raw images to people. And that literally is, I give them to East Coast Meg. <laughs> like we swap family shoots. I shoot with one of her cards in my camera. She shoots with one of my cards in her camera. At the end of the day, we give each other our cards back. And then I can edit the photos she took of my family however I want. She can edit the ones I took of her family however she wants. We share our edited versions of each other's families as well. That's literally the only time I do that. Because we have just decided ahead of time that's how we're going to do it. That way, I, she doesn't feel stressed out having to, like, edit my family in the middle of crazy season likewise. And, like, okay, if you make that decision with another photographer, fine. Knock yourself out. But as a client, 
don't asking for a raw or unedited image is is basically not allowing your photographer to finish their job. And if you share a photo and tag them that they didn't finish editing, then then it's a misrepresentation of their work. So don't do it. It's just not nice. Okay, don't do it. Okay. So speaking of photos, um, <laughs> this, this was you. This was all you. <laughs> So this is a more technical question. There's a lot of questions in here though. So I'm gonna, okay. So this person was taking photos of an event and the person wants the digital photos on a card. First of all, no. We're gonna go back to that in a minute. <laughs> like why? <laughs> What's the best way to go about this as you usually use Dropbox? Okay, so here's here's the thing. Here's, uh, so I'm gonna answer that specific question. Then I'm gonna talk about like the best way to get images back to a client. Cause I think that's ultimately like what the situation is. First of all, it is your job to very, be very clear about how you are going to deliver the images. So I would never give a memory card to a client. Again, unless you have a card reader and photo editing software, what are you going to do with them? That's that's the first. I just like to 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 springboard off of our last question, or our, our last comment. There's a lot of different ways that you can deliver images to clients. Now, I came up in the era of delivering them via DVD because that was the only format in which you could deliver things to people ten years ago. If you if you can believe that. However, when I, if I'm shooting like a big event or something that I have, I've talked before, Meg and I both use Sprout Studio. I deliver my galleries that way. They're online. They're, they're formatted for them to be online. They're very easily be downloaded and shared that way. That's how I deliver things. However, like sometimes I do outsource editing. And so if I am outsourcing like a large gigabyte number of images, <laughs> like a big one, then the easiest way for me to get my images to other people in that capacity, my preference is to use something called WeTransfer. Now there's Dropbox, all kinds of things, but here's the thing with Dropbox. Dropbox is not designed, in my, from my perspective, it is not designed to hold raw images because they're just very big and you will rapidly run out of space. So, so like I used to deliver, after I moved away from the DVDs, I used to deliver images via Dropbox, like edited final ones, cause they're a little bit smaller. But I just found that like, I was just filling up Dropbox like all the time. So cost wise, it was more effective for me to just move to a, a CRM system that could hold my, my images. But if I have a large number of images or a large number, like a large gigabyte number to send to somebody, I use WeTransfer. You can send up to two gigabytes at a time for free. I have a paid account. And so I don't even know, it's very cheap. So I can literally send however many gigabytes of whatever I want <laughs> to people. You basically just attach your files to it and you email it to them and they get a link and they can download it. It's super simple, super easy. It's very effective. It's the fastest way that I have found to get large a large number of images to somebody else. So that is my two cents on that. And I will just say that like, you always have the ability to, and you should be positioning yourself as an expert to say like, I appreciate that that may, that may be how you want to receive the images. However, I only deliver them in this capacity because like, 
oh my gosh, memory cards, can they, they can crack, they can break, they can get corrupted. Like never in a million years would I deliver images only on a memory card. Like never, ever, ever to copy Taylor Swift. Never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever. Like I, that would legitimately keep me up at night. So don't do that. Thanks a lot. Um, now that song stuck in my head. You're welcome. <laughs> let's talk about, let's go to the social media platforms for, business, for businesses. Okay. I think we can chit chat about that. So the question is, how do you successfully start your business on social media platforms? I have a Facebook and Instagram account for my business, but can't seem to catch many followers. I'm also at a lost. I'm also at a loss at how to consistently post without overposting, especially being so new. So I don't have a lot of current sessions to post yet. Okay. So, Meg, do you want to start with this yeah. one or do you want me I'll, to start? Okay, yeah, I'll start. Go for it. Take it okay. away. So this is as brief as I'm going to run this down <laughs> because we just have so many things that relate to this in the Hello Storyteller Academy. And I will soon be releasing something. I'll keep you guys titillated. So I say first, you need to pick a style. So figure out your voice as a photographer figure out your why, why are you doing this? And then also you need to get your branding and your look together. So make a Pinterest board, find colors you like, find inspirational things that you want to shoot, uh, a vibe or feel that you want to have. Take a look at other accounts, but think branding. You know, that's a lot of this nowadays, is, it's, it's branding. So you need to really put that in the forefront. And I mean, especially if you're starting now, why not start at the beginning? That's an awesome place to start. Mm -hmm. I say posting wise, consistency is key. So a good four to five times a week is good. Instagram likes when you post once per day is fine. I would say Find a day and or days and a time that works best for you and your audience so you can uh, have the most success in engagement. I typically post in the mornings around 8 a.m. between the 8 and 9 a.m. time. But I have a friend that posts, you know, in the afternoon. I have other friends that post in the evenings. So find what uh, works best for you and your account for the followers that follow you. And when they're online, there's analytics within Instagram and Facebook, and there's outside apps that you can get that will link up to your social media accounts. And, and you can look at all your analytics and see how you're doing, how you're growing, um, what's working, what's not, what times and days are best to post, when your uh, audience is most engaged in online. It will tell you all of those things. So if you really want to monitor it, check those out and just, I'm constantly looking at my numbers all the time to see what's doing well and what's not doing well. And, you know, you just kind of have to keep an eye on it and you have to try things. And even if it doesn't work once, try it again, because, you know, sometimes first time doesn't stick. Sometimes you got to do it two, three, four, five times before people start to recognize like, oh, that's what this person's about. So make a schedule again, finding the best uh, days and times that works for you, but stick to it consistency is key. You better be posting reels. As much as I love the static images and static before and afters and all the things, reels is where you grow. So if you're not posting reels, you ain't growing. 
So I say, if you want to have a mixture of both, do more reels than static posts. That is my advice. Keep shooting and practicing. Practice, practice, practice. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Have a crap load of content just to have to practice editing, to practice shooting, to practice composition, to practice all the techniques, all the things. And share, share everywhere. Crossover, post on Instagram, post on Facebook, join Facebook groups, join mommy groups, find new people. Like I'm getting into fitness now. So I'm about to deep dive into the fitness community because I haven't even started. I'm a little scared, not just because I know it's a large community and I honestly have no idea where to start, but I'm just going to pick somewhere and go with it, you know? But again, consistency is key. Share, 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 and crossover. Just find new places to post, to share your work, share your name, comment on other people, make new friends. It's a great place to grow and a great way to meet other people, like-minded people, like-minded creatives who are awesome. So you can find that power partner that we've been talking, talking, talking about. So that is my advice on starting your social media. Your turn, Mel. Okay, so... (laughs) Yes to all of those things. A couple of caveats, though, from my perspective. (laughs) I I think that this concept of how do I gain followers is a little bit misguided. And it's I think the, the thought process should be, how do I get my followers to engage with my content? And I say that because, so I just recently hit 4,000 followers. And I've actually been very consistent posting on Instagram, like the last couple of months. I'm I'm posting almost every day, pretty much just reels. And I will tell you that like the growth is minimal at best. So that can be frustrating, especially like when your reels do well. But I will tell you this. In the last year, I have gotten more clients, specifically wedding clients, via Instagram than I have ever gotten in my life prior to this. That's awesome. And so that's not to say that like, you know, there's been like an, I don't want to be misleading and be like, oh, I've gotten 75 increase. No, but considering that I literally was getting zero, the fact that I've gotten like probably somewhere in like the 10 to 15 range, like over the last year means that my content is being, is being seen out there. And I don't have a large following by Instagram standards of any capacity. Now, when you only have maybe 200 followers and someone says they have 4,000, that feels like a lot. But I like the people that I associate myself with are, you know, (laughs) 10, 20, 30,000 followers ahead of me, which it is, it's fine. So I think having a lot of followers is great. But if nobody's engaging with your content, it really truly doesn't matter how many followers you have. And so Instagram likes you to put in time. And so one of the areas that I know that I am not good at is is engaging in other people's content. So the way that you show up for other people is engaging with their things. So from a strictly business perspective, I would say to you that you need to be very judicious about who you are following and like who you're spending your time with, because you should be engaging in places where you want people to see your content. So like 
for a hot minute, like maybe a year, I had a, a strictly wedding Instagram. I can't, <laughs> I can't even manage one, let alone two, but I was very intentional about who I followed there. I only followed like bridal stores, planners, florists, like venues, because I wanted to make sure that when prospective couples were looking at these other places for other parts of their wedding, that they were seeing me there. They were seeing me reshare their posts. They were seeing me post on their feeds. Like that was important. So I think if you're someone who's trying to build a business, you need to sort of be thinking about, okay, who am I following? Why am I following them? And are the people that are following me, people that are going, are, are they prospective clients? Like I will tell you right now, the majority of my followers are other photographers, which is fine because there's also an educational component to what I do. And so like, it's that it's great for that purpose over the years, more and more clients and, and whatnot have followed me. And so like, that's helpful too, because then they start sharing my content with their friends and their family and whatnot. So I would say like some things to keep in mind are like engagement is more important than the number of followers just across the board. If you're not, if no one's engaging with your content, it does not matter how many followers you have, honestly. The second piece is making sure that you're playing the Instagram game of engaging with other people's content. Who are you following? Why are you following them? And are you engaging with them? And take a look at your followers. Like, are the people that are following you, people that are going to be clients of yours, reach out to you for clients, refer you to other people. And it's up to you whether or not, you know, you want who you want following you. So that those are just some other things to sort of consider. But I think all of what Meg said is very, very true that you need to be, you know, cross posting and sharing and like, you know, don't be shy about it. Like be direct. Hey, I'm starting a new business. I'm going to be posting. If you want up-to-date information or information on, on new products or new, whatever, new sessions, like you have to follow me over on Instagram and then make sure people are following you over on Instagram. Like do teasers in your email campaigns. Like, Hey, if you want more information on this, make sure you're following me on Instagram, like, or Facebook or whatever it is, or, you know, TikTok, whatever, like wherever you're going to go, like be direct about it. <laughs> you don't need to like beat around the bush. Like, Oh, Hey, have you maybe thought about following me? Like get your butt over Instagram and follow me, please. So <laughs> don't be shy. We talked about this in, in the very first episode of passion for profit about marketing and you have to be the person who is promoting your business the loudest. So be loud, be proud. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Right. So the last question, I'm actually not, I don't think we need to answer here. And I think this could be a whole other podcast episode. And I have someone in mind that we could bring in. To, I think we could interview East Coast Meg for this. That would be fun, right? Yeah, let's do that. So the question is, I'd love to know how people got into wedding photography. How did clients book you at the start if you didn't have a portfolio? And so I think we're going to save that for another another podcast episode. I mean, we'll bring on East Coast Meg and then my worlds will be connected. Yay! That with both of the Megs. <laughs> all the Megs. Meg all, galore. It's a Meg all party. of my Megs. Meg squared. <laughs> I like it. If you All guys right. have anyone that you would like us to chat with on here, I mm -hmm. would love to hear about it. I have reached out to a few amazing creatives, so hopefully I will hear back from them 
soon. But We're if you guys have any for the fall for yeah. interview slots, so get them in, get those, you know, comment below. If you're listening from over on the Hello Storyteller community, you know, make a post in the group. Um, and what we might do sort of maybe quarterly or periodically is pull again, some questions from that pro talk Tuesday over in our Facebook group to answer them here on the podcast too. things that we feel like are relevant to, you know, to our following here. So again, click the link in the show notes to go follow us on Facebook and Instagram loud and proud. We're saying it now. Get over there. Loud and proud. Yes. All right. Well, everyone have a fantastic rest of your day. And we will be right back here next week with a new episode. All right. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.